Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Eva Rathgaver. Life's too short, and while we get caught up in the monotony of our daily routines, there are moments when we learn to appreciate the magnitude of our daily lives. In November of 2022, I was walking at night here in Tampa, and I received a call from a close friend from college of mine named Natasha, who contacted me and asked if I'd be open to speaking to Eva directly, based on the fact that Eva had the tragic loss of her two angels, Nicole, age 16, and Sophia, age 17, who were tragically driving home around a curve on North Sumter Boulevard when their car lost traction, flipped over a bridge, and landed on its roof inside a pond. Eva's daughters, Nicole and Sophia, lost their lives at the scene of this tragic accident. They had their whole lives ahead of them and were on track to graduating from high school. Sophia was a senior, Nicole was a junior. Eva and John are the parents, and Denise is the older sister of Nicole and Sophia. Just to let you guys know that this family not only suffered this tragedy, but they were also impacted previously by Hurricane Ian. And so when I heard about the situation, it, it made me just stop in my tracks, literally. As I was walking, I stopped in my tracks and I took stock of things and picked up the phone and called Eva. And what I will tell you is, as a psychic medium and just as a human being, meeting Eva and her family and being involved in the situation personally that I could talk about it six months later on the show here, it's one of those miracles I love to do every day in my life. And I believe in ripple effects. I believe that each of us make a difference in our own way at the right time. And that's what I think today's episode is going to share. I am so excited to have Eva on the show here. We've been talking about this episode for quite some time. I wanted to give her time to just be able to move forward after dealing with such a loss and a tragedy. But out of every tragedy comes renewal, a new beginning. And with that said, I'd love to welcome Eva to the show. Eva, welcome to the show. Hi, Jason. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. I don't know how much justice I just did in our intro, but I you could tell I'm a little caught up emotionally. I get even now, like months later, I I still get emotional over this and I don't hide my emotions very well. So you'll see me get a little emotional from time to time as we talk about this stuff, probably more so than you'd expect me to. But I want to ask you first off, 
How are you doing right now in June of 2023? I'm staying as busy as I can, being as productive as I can. I feel the girls with me all the time, almost like they're whispering to me and I just follow their lead and they've pointed me in the direction of a lot of good positive opportunities and I would have never even considered or thought of doing the things that I've been working on and plan to do without their guidance from above. I feel them every day. It's a good feeling that keeps me going every single day. Interestingly, I think one of the things we'll get to touch on today is the behind the scenes of this stuff, right? The synchronicities, the fact that your angels are around you all the time and bring people into your life that validate that. I know from my vantage point, I've experienced a synchronicity with them. When I think I told you I went to my mom's to visit and you and I have become, I consider you a good friend of mine, not just somebody I met as a result of a tragedy of a mutual friend of ours, Natasha, that I know who reached out to me and thought of contacting me after she had heard about your tragedy. And from my vantage point, I was at my mom's a couple months ago. And I remember you and I exchanged text messages. I took a picture because my mom has three butterflies that she put on her fridge. I was blown away when I saw, I was like, mom, where'd you get that from? She's like, you know, something just told me to put it on the fridge. And my mom's pretty intuitive. She goes, I knew you would say something when you came over. And my mom knows about your situation because I've talked to her about Mm -hmm. it. Mom, these three butterflies have so much significance to me right now because of Eva. I was like, her daughters, the, the butterflies represent her daughters and the connection, the unbreakable bond between Eva and her daughters. And I felt that. And I remember I said that to you. What did you say when I texted you the picture of the butterflies? Oh, I remember I was in the grocery store and I was going down one of the aisles, as I always do, going up and down the aisles to see what I need. And I stopped immediately and I saw a butterfly on a label of a wine bottle. And immediately I took a picture of it and it looked almost identical to the one you sent me. I couldn't believe it. And I did, I I had already done the, I think I had taken the picture maybe earlier in the day before you sent it. And I, I remember sending you what I saw and it was just, it really was synchronicity because it was just a random thing, me going through the aisles and there I saw it. And ever since I see butterflies everywhere. And I even had one almost land on me a couple of days ago as if it was trying to whisper something to me. It was incredible. I was stunned when I sent that to you because I wasn't expecting to get the response you sent me, which was that, that you were at the grocery store. Here's a copy of a butterfly. It looks like the three you sent me, Jason. And Mm -hmm. then I remember New Year's Eve. I texted you on New Year's Eve because I wound up getting a shirt that has a bunch of butterflies on it. (laughs) And it came out. I ordered two shirts to wear that night. And that shirt just happens to be the one I wanted to wear. And I wore it because I thought of you. I thought of everything we'd gone through from November to January. And I wanted 2023 to be this private thing where I I could at least pay homage to, to, to your daughters and to you privately by wearing that shirt. For me, symbols have meaning, images have meaning, words have meaning. And 
I feel blessed that we gotten to work together already and experience the things we've done in the short amount of time that we've known each other. I want to tell you personally that the remarkable journey you've been on and the progress that you've made in the couple of months since the tragedy has inspired me. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. I felt now the time is right and that we need to do that. I want to ask you this, but with your daughters, in terms of feeling their energy, how has that changed your perspective about the afterlife, knowing that you've had these experiences with your daughters and the synchronicities and the moments of interaction? Like, What does that make you think now when you think of life after death? I know it's real. I know it's so real. Everything that has happened to me, and there's been a lot of situations that I can't explain. For example, I was walking along a South Beach. Prior to that walk, I had been on a cruise ship and I had been thinking about these bracelets that the churches would give out. What would Jesus do? After the cruise was over, my daughter and I, Denise and I, were walking along South Beach collecting seashells. And lo and behold, there was a bracelet on the sand that said, what would Jesus do? And I knew immediately that was sent to me from my girls. And I had never told anyone that, not even on the ship, that I had been thinking about that. It was just a random thought that popped into my head. And then there I found it on the beach and still have it here in my possession along with the little seashells. But there's been countless other times I know it's real. They come to me at incredible moments. Another example, I can tell you, I was reading a book by Teresa Caputo. And at the end of the chapter, it asked you to do like a little homework assignment. And what it said was, I want you to take a moment and close your eyes and think about what your kids are doing or what your loved one is doing in heaven. I closed my eyes and immediately I saw my girls on a playground. The next thing I knew, I heard my daughter, Sophia, who has passed away, whisper in my ear, Mom, I want you to go to the bottom drawer of the nightstand beside the bed and open the drawer. She was very specific. I opened my eyes up. I walked over to that drawer and I saw some things in the drawer. So I started lifting them up. Lo and behold, there was a piece of paper there that she had colored on of her on a playground. And that blew my mind and I knew it was real. I can't make this stuff up. It absolutely was the most incredible thing I could have ever experienced. And again, many more to bend your ear on, but I know that I know it's real. I feel it. I can hear them. I can see them. I can feel their presence. I dream of them. If I ask for something, they show it to me. If it's not the same day, it'll be a couple of days later. And then when I, when that sign comes, it makes so much sense. So they can see my future before I can. So I trust in that. Yes. Time doesn't exist in the other side. So they can see the future before you do. And you're describing exactly the kind of interactions that you can expect to have with them from now on, that they are always around you. You mentioned visitation dreams, and that's powerful stuff, like where you can sleep and dream, and you'll have a visitation from them, and it reassures you, and it usually offers clarity, and it makes you feel at peace. And also the healing process, understand, like, they don't want us to grieve them. I know it sounds, 
odd. Why would we not want to grieve our loved ones when they're crossed over? But anyone on the other side, including your daughters, would tell you they see us. We're their reality show to them. And they don't want to see us crying and alone and despondent and despair. And they, they don't want that. They want us to be doing what we're doing right now. They want to see you and I talking and illuminating for others that out of such a tragedy can come so much light, can come so much honest and realizations and opportunities. And that's the kind of thing that I think all along you're on the journey now to do is be a messenger of hope and to know firsthand that what you've been experiencing, yes, it's a tragedy. Yes, you sacrificed both your daughters, but what you're gaining is a knowledge and a renewal of comfort to know that going forward, you're never gonna have a day in your life without the minute. And when you go on the other side someday, hopefully a long time from now, you'll be greeted by them. And then you'll see this, the whole thing come full circle. And I think from my vantage point as a host, I could talk about this because a psychic medium, which I don't always pull into my show as much, but I'll say when we first met each other and talked on the phone, I didn't know what to expect in the terms of what our connection would be like and how things would progress. But I felt first very overwhelming sadness towards you and my heart went out to you. And I remember we talked and I was walking outside, actually. I was on a walk when I got called to ask to contact you. And I was a little nervous at first because I never know how a grieving mom with a double tragedy would be talking to me. You were so down to earth and a matter of fact. And right away, you just picked up the phone and you were receptive. And I didn't know if you'd be receptive to me. I didn't want you to think I'm calling you as a psychic medium right after your tragedy. I'm not here to make it any worse. I'm here to hopefully in any way I can work with you and, and just as a human being to a fellow human being. I'm just so happy that we got a chance to connect the way we did that day because from there we got a chance to meet in person. I had an enjoyable, amazing opportunity to see you that afternoon when you came up to Tampa from where you are about an hour and a half, two hours south of me. I remember as we sat there and we were talking, I just knew that we would be doing stuff in the future together. I didn't think at that time you'd come on my show yet. I didn't, I, I don't think that way, but I was thinking that what can we do to change this into a positive situation? What steps can we take? What can I do to help support that? And one of the things we brainstormed about was setting up a foundation. Yes, and we did. Before we get into the foundation, I do want to ask you a critical question for our audience to understand this, is if you could tell us a little about Nicole and Sophia directly, like if they were sitting here, what would you say about them to our audience in their, I wouldn't say memory because they're still around us, but just as a little snapshot of when they were alive here on earth in their physical 3D bodies, what were they like? The physical where they were young, vibrant, beautiful girls, very full of laughter. They love to do TikTok and the Snapchat and all those platforms. My daughter, Sophia, was a dancer at the high school in Northport, Florida, and she loved to do art. And my and she was my senior. And Nicole, she was in involved in music with the school and had been for many years. And so she played many instruments. She played the recorder, which was fun when she was little. And then she tried the violin. And then eventually she got into the trumpet and French horn. And she was also, she had artistic abilities as well. She enjoyed doing pottery. Both of them 
just were full of energy and they were loved by many and they were just your typical teenagers. They were very smart. They had good grades, if not great grades. They were just my angels. And I don't want to say that I miss them. I miss them, but I know they're here. Yeah. I have to say this as, and I know we're doing this as an audio and you and I are talking through Zoom on a camera, but watching your face light up as you talk about them, I need to comment on that so the audience knows that <laughs> because I love watching your face light up. Because <laughs> from my point, when you see somebody grieving or you see someone unhappy, you, it's like you want to blow balloons up, smash sounds, do anything I can to make you laugh, make you smile. I'm not a comedian, so I suck at that. (laughs) Neither am I. (laughs) We're not comedians, but we can at least try to come up with reasons to be happy. And I could just tell as you share your overall view of your daughters, that the glowing energy and the pride and the enjoyment is, I wish I could bottle that (laughs) and share that with others. We have the best here. We get the recording, put it on the Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Let me ask you a little about the foundation idea that we're we're still massaging around, coming up with, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to work with you on that. And I want to work on promoting it and that kind of thing. But I'd like to see if you could share that with our audience of your ideas so far. Yes. I have to go back to a couple of years ago when my mother had passed away and it was absolutely heartbreaking. And it happened right after COVID. And I... I was devastated when my mother died. And I remember at the funeral when I was doing a eulogy, I think my final words were, and it was just nothing I had written. It was just me openly speaking to people. And I remember saying, mom, walk with me. And every time I pass my mother, a cemetery where she's buried at the cemetery, I, I always kind of scream out the window, mom, walk with me today. And then, of course, when the girls passed away, again, that came to mind. And I realized that walk with me has more meaning than just those three words. It's really my journey that I have been on for the last couple of years. And I understand this devastating pain that comes with death. And of course, so many of my family members have passed away even since 2019 to the till the time of the girl's death last year and it's really profound i guess because of the journey i've been on and will continue to be on i do want others to feel like they can walk with me i will understand what they're going through i think we can make a lot of positive things happen through this a foundation that I'd like to begin in the memory of the girls. That's excellent. What will it be called? I would love it to be called Walk With Me. 
I don't know if that name has been taken yet, but I think that's an appropriate name. After this show concludes later this evening, I'll do some homework and I'll let you know what <laughs> I see and what I find. Okay. <laughs> that's what I like to do as a hobby is look up this stuff and I'll see and I'll let you know. We'll, we'll figure All right. It out. That sounds great. In reference to the foundation, once it's set up, what are your goals with it? I would love to be able, since my girls were so into the arts, I would love to be able to help kids who can't get to college or they need a little boost, a little help to get to college and hopefully evolve in the arts, whether it be culinary, theater, music, dance, radio and television, whatever they're or even journalism, if they're into poetry, to be writers, anything like that. I would like to help them get a start because my kids, as many other families, my family included, a lot of us work paycheck to paycheck and don't necessarily have that little nest egg to send your kids to college. And that was my situation. And so many other families. And so I always told my girls, okay, we're going to have to apply for scholarships. So I really think I would like to give a young scholar a chance to get to college, give them that start, that boost that they need. As I hear you say that, my heart goes out because I think when I was a single parent child and I went to University of Tampa here in Florida and I was on scholarship and I received different scholarships from UT's scholarship community. And I remember going to this luncheon once a year where I got a chance to meet the major donor of my scholarship fund. And I sat there and had lunch. And I remember that feeling of pride to say that person across the table is the reason I'm sitting in this chair. And so as you share that, I definitely see you doing it. I, I have zero doubt in my mind that you won't have multiple students benefiting from what you're about to do and what we're about to do. And I'm excited about that. And I'm I don't get many people to come on and talk about the foundations about to get set up. Usually they'll come on once it's set up, but I know I'm going to have y'all more than once because this is an open platform for you. Thank and you. I'm involved in the foundation and everything else we've shared already to date. This is a process for us together. And I want to share with the audience. I want the audience to be engaged. I want them to be supportive and I want them to do whatever it is that they can do in their own right. Either share the word, spread the word, donate, do what they can and pay it forward kind of thing. I look forward to that. We'll work on that this summer. Trust me. I'm making myself <laughs> accountable. You know that when I say it on a recording, I'm accountable. So I've you know. also, I just want to add, I've also started a movement down here. I, it was at first, I was only doing this for myself and my daughter and my husband. But what I ended up doing was ordering a license plate to put on the front of my car and ever since the girls have passed away, we have constantly been using an acronym for my girls, LS and LN, which is Long Live Sophia, Long Live Nicole. So I started to buy this license plate for my car and I said, oh, I love it. And I decided to get one for my daughter and then I got one for my husband. Now I am just giving them away. I buy them and I give them away and I just don't want the girls to be forgotten. And it's a movement. It's what they would have. I think that's what they would have wanted me to do. So for now, that's 
another thing I've been doing on top of several other things. I sh- That's so amazing. You look forward to getting one. I'll put it in the front of my cart. I'm going to send you it. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. I need to make a trip down to you anyway. I'd like to see the mile marker you just got done. If you could share that with our audience, I'd love to mm-hmm. talk about that. And it's just reflecting on this stuff's powerful. Where the girls hit the wall before the car went into the retention pond, there are two crosses in the ground there. And I always go with my daughter or she will go and we decorate the crosses for whatever the occasion is. We just decorated them for the graduates of the high school. But I also got with the city and decided that I wanted to adopt the road. So I have recently adopted 1.1 miles of Sumter Boulevard in both directions of the roadway. And I've already organized a group of people, friends and relatives who were able to come out and offer their time and help clean up the roadway. I have to do it a couple of more times this year. And then officially next year, around probably March, I will be able to officially have a sign there saying that the road has been adopted by the Rathgaber family and friends. Maybe the foundation by then. I would love to see that name on there. Let's work on that as our goal for sure. I have to, at this point, talk about some other things we've shared together. Going back to November of last year, when we met each other in person, we had a chance to talk about things and you were prepping for the Christmas holiday season at that point. And I remember just mentioning in a passing reference as we were talking about how I knew a charity in Tampa that's connected to a Buccaneer, Tampa Bay Buccaneer at the time, Sean Murphy Bunting and his mother, Kim Murphy, because she'd come on my show. And I'd mentioned to you, I I don't even know what made me mention that to you because I don't normally talk about successful jocks is just something that happens when I talk to people because I've been acquainted with the charity in terms of having Kim Murphy on my show in 2021. And then I've supported some uh, some events I got a chance to go to. But I find it's interesting that I happened to bring that up to you during our meeting in person one time. And I said, there's a charity. It's called Successful Jocks. They're connected. I, at the time, I mentioned that they were connected to the Bucks. Ad- accurately not. It's not the Bucks they're connected to. They have several Bucks players that were involved at the time. Sean Murphy Bunting is now in Tennessee. But charity itself is an amazing charity. Kim Murphy's an amazing person. And I want to share with our audience my gratitude for what we're about to talk about, because this is to me a real life, like a miracle. If miracles could be described by experiences, which normally we have our day-to-day experiences. And I just like to highlight these kind of things because from my vantage point, it really made my month of December as well, probably yours as, as well. So, Absolutely did. I guess as a point of reflection. I would just say that from what my recollection was, we were talking and you I'd mentioned to you that if you happen to need any type of donations for the holiday season for your three sons, that there might be some, I'm sure you'll find something down in Northport, you're two hours south of me, but if you need anything, I didn't speak as an official from the charity or anything, but I just knew that they do something in December. And I recall that after that, it was about a week later that you contacted me. And I was in my, I just started my first, my new legal job, I could say at the firm I'm at. And I remember I was getting ready doing stuff with that. And you texted me on like a Monday. You're like, Jason, if that charity that you know about has any openings, let me know because 
I tried to get some charities in my area to donate and they weren't so cooperative. And I wanted to ask you about that. So you tried to get some charities down in North Park to, to work with you. What was your general response that you got at the time? I, I was told from the kids' school that they were going to do like a shop with the cop day. And I kept waiting to hear back from that. I had mentioned it again to the school and they said, oh, we'll look into that. And that unfortunately didn't happen. Or if it happened, we had missed it. And then they, I had heard about a couple of other organizations, but those were the cutoff dates were like, I'd already missed those or a day or two away from it. And it just was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because I really, I had not been at work in, since the day the girls had passed away. I was in no mood really to do any shopping. My heart was so sad and it was just very difficult to get into the holiday spirit. But, and I just felt like one disappointment after another. And when you mentioned it, and then they responded back so quickly, (laughs) they were just, it was like a real miracle. Really. And I am so grateful to them. So grateful and to you for that. You texted me and I was like, oh, I hope there's a response from the charity. I wasn't expecting much at first because I knew it was late in the holiday season. And I know that even though Kim and Sean Murphy, Bundy, Kim Murphy, and they run the charity, they have a lot of other things they do too. And so I remember I sent an email and it was late in the day and I was praying. I prayed before I sent the email. I remember sitting there and I was like, God please. <laughs> I'm not the best at praying because I, I do what I can privately, but I don't know if it really gets responded to as quickly as I as it does sometimes. But I said, God, please help me here. I'm going to reach out to successful jocks via email. And if they could give us anything, even if it's a card, I will consider it a small win. And then with, I think I mentioned it to you, within a half hour of my email, I got a call from Kim Murphy saying she was so touched by everything. And saying that they will make a table for you. They'll make a table for us. And I feel like that's like the tagline. We'll make a table for you. We'll make a place for you. Because that blew me away. And then I remember I linked you up with Kim. And then the next thing we know, it's like the following week, I think. It was within a week of the event. And I was, this is amazing. I was speechless about it. And then we got a chance to go to it. And I want to ask you, what did you think when we showed up at this event or when you first talked to Kim? What was your feeling like? How was it for you in re- response to what you got from a lack of response from other charities that you missed the window? You, you oh were, my God, she how was you feel like. Oh, I was elated. She made me feel just wonderful. She was so positive and upbeat, and she was. I could feel the love in her voice, and. Uh, of course, when arriving at the event, it was filled with so many happy little kiddos and parents or guardians or family members. There were so many little things that the kids could do and the parents could do. It was it was just a great night. I and I am so impressed with their organization. And what they do for these kids and their families, 
I, I just want to say thank you to them. And I can't really even thank them enough. They really made our holiday a little bit better. And I just, from my vantage point, going and observing that, and I was basically your guest, so to speak, when I showed up. I felt so special having a chance to hang out with John, your husband, and your three sons. And uh, getting a chance to talk to Kim and Sean directly and seeing what their purpose is. It And from my vantage point, I have to say, I can't say thank you enough. And from where I'm looking at, the things that they donated... I just remember we sat there and it was like one thing donated after another and it just kept going and go. I was like, it was. <laughs> I know there must've been like a hundred gifts. It was just, it was so amazing to watch them. I stood back with tears rolling down my face of just joy that they were so happy. I really felt like heaven had sprinkled a miracle on us. They gave you guys so many donations that you had to put stuff in my car. three bikes yeah those things i remember i met you guys afterwards and i was like i left and it was like nine o'clock at night i called my mom up and i was like mom i just experienced one of the most amazing things that i've i personally have seen in years and it came out of the tragedy unfortunately from losing your daughters to being where we were that day but showing up as i said sometimes there's moments where we wind up where we would never have thought even out of a tragedy, came a beam of light that day. And that inspired me too. Like I talked about that event for weeks after that. Not only I posted on my social media, but I talked about that event for weeks because I was so happy that it happened the way it did. I believe heavily in pay it forward. And I just want my audience to know to check out Successful Jocks, support them, do whatever you can. They're a national charity and their mission is to help student athletes, but more importantly, they're to serve the community. and so. Check out at successfuljocks.org. I'll have the information in the show notes, but I highly encourage everyone to check them out because of the amazing things that they do on an individual basis. It just makes me feel very at ease that we could talk about that six months later. And not only that, but we went through that experience and then look at where you've been the last few months. Look at where you're going next. That to me reflects the success of what you've overcome. I know from my vantage point, looking at what we're talking about, You didn't know when you had your daughters that this tragedy would come and that it would upend your life. And now you're in this unique category of overcoming a tragedy and not being a victim, but taking your firsthand knowledge of what you've learned and what you're doing, paying it forward directly, utilizing your opportunity to make something from nothing. And that to me is very powerful. And I'm glad you said that the words pay it forward. I feel like that is exactly what I'm called to do. And I know that my girls are sending the positive messages that I need to hear and feel and act on. And I will not stop till I've helped somebody, anybody out there, because I understand the loss and how you feel like you can't get up and you need just one little boost which is what successful jocks and yourself have done for me to get me back up. And I feel like that was the start of all the things that I have done so far. And I also am going to be along you and I on this journey together to continue to do more. 
I love the fact that we have a platform that we can talk about this publicly and that we can put it out there for the universe to receive it. And anyone who listens to us can hear about this tragedy, can hear about where you've gone from a darkest moment probably of your life to date to being able to learning firsthand that not only is death not a final step, it's a transition. It's like an ascension. It's like a graduation. And even when our loved ones are taken tragically from us, you're still going to have the means to be able to keep in touch with each other. And I think you've shown that firsthand with the synchronicities just lining up with the butterflies or the synchronicities lining up with you just mentioning in reference successful jocks. And then a week or two later, there we are at their event. Amazing. <laughs> paid for us when they had already closed the event because of late timing, they went and got all these gifts and all these things that were just amazing. And, and it gives me a standard to strive to for my own personal self. If I can do stuff like what they did with that event in the future, I am all about that and working with you and doing everything we can do together. Absolutely. And any grieving mom that's out there right now, what would be your advice to any grieving mom listening to this episode if they happen to be trying to find their own light when the darkness hits them from a tragedy? What would you say? I know it is different for everyone They that people grieve differently. And for myself, I had to reach really deep down inside and really talk to my higher power. And I am religious and I just kept asking for, for God to tell me what to do. And I was patient. I waited two weeks later. I got a message on the well-being of my children and just from that moment it helped me lift up i've i think i reached inside of myself and i refused to let myself go any darker and deeper into my sadness i reached out to my church i reached out to my friends i initially felt the need before all of that even to reach out to a psychic because I knew that I needed to talk to somebody. I knew that my girls would talk to me because all I needed to know it was going to be okay. And if that's what an individual wants to do to reach out that way, I say do it because it helped me. I am available. If someone wants to reach out to me and call me, text me, email me, whatever they need to do, I want them to know it will eventually be better. And it is okay to not feel okay. I want them to know that. I want them to know that there are people out there that have gone through tragedy you're definitely not alone. Even when you feel like this is, you're the only person that this has happened to. You'd be surprised how many people have lost someone, a child, a daughter, a sister, a cousin. You're just not alone. And even though you may feel that way and there is resources out there, there's people like me who are so eager and will definitely open up and talk with you and help you and You're never alone. I couldn't say that any more eloquently or better than you just did to say exactly those words that you just shared. And I feel inspired by you. Thank you. I'm very inspired by you. You inspire me. 
you're one of those people that when I go through the monotony of my own day and I get stressed about having to do this or having to do that for work or feel down about something from the past or whatever it is, every time I get a text message from you, I smile because it's like a redirect. It's like the reminder from the universe. Like we get on our phone reminder, take care of yourself, <laughs> Reminder: zoom out and appreciate life. Like talking to you is always a breath of fresh air. And it, it reminds me back to December, reminds me back to November. It lets me think back to anytime I see a butterfly, I think of you guys and what we're doing here. And just like a butterfly is unique and beautiful and distinct. So is what this cause is all about and this movement, like you said. And I just, I feel you exude renewal you're not stopping you're gonna keep going and i realize that death is not the end it took me a while to get there but i have come to realize death is really the rebirth and people seem to think that death is final but i am here to tell you i know that it is just a different form that we take. If you open your mind and your heart to it, people that you love and care about will come through. Well, beautifully said enough. When you're talking about the situation when you had a dream and then you found the drawing, I've had that happen where my grandfather came to me in a dream to tell me where to find a birthday card I thought didn't exist. Or my dad came through and I didn't talk to him for his whole life because we didn't have a relationship. And he had asked me for forgiveness and he came through to tell me the last four digits on his debit card that my aunt who was alive at the time had confirming. So when you are telling me the details, when you find a bracelet on the beach, what would Jesus do? And you were privately thinking about it or you find these other things. I know from firsthand experience in my own right that everything you're talking about, I connect with 150% because Mm -hmm. of the validations we need in this world. That connection, the ability to take something from the thought process in the mind and have the synchronicity of a dream. And then you find that physical object that connects you to them. And that's the prox- That's the closest in time. That's what synchronicity, in my opinion, is all about. That's what our relationship with our loved ones on the other side are all about. I've had loved ones who aren't even my loved one send me messages that then I relay to friends and family. And it's powerful because it makes you realize and appreciate what we're really looking at isn't what we think it is. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. You don't know you're in a special place until you're there and you land. And uh, we're in a special place. We just have to be open to it. Exactly. If our audience wanted to reach out to you, what would be the best way for them to reach you? I guess my email would be great, or they could even send me a text either way. If they even wanted to call, I'm open to a phone call. Absolutely. What's your email address for audience? Because I'd, I'd like to keep it so that you're not getting bombarded 24-7 by people contacting you without you know who they are. <laughs> That's right. I'm in the Eastern Standard Time Zone too. <laughs> yes, it is Eva Rathgaber at iCloud.com. So E-V-A-R-A-T-H-G-E-B-E-R at iCloud.com. I'll ask you one other thing on Instagram. I know you have a handle. Can you share that with our audience too? Because in case someone's on Instagram and they happen to want to contact you there. Yeah, I think it's, what is it? It's Rath Gaber Eva. That's what I think it is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. At Rath Gaber Eva. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Eva, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any other additional last words you want to share on this interview? This is your last interview with me. This is your first. <laughs> 
I just want to tell all the listeners, thank you for allowing me to be a part of your your show. And I hope that anyone out there who's listening can somehow feel some comfort knowing that death is really not final. It really is just the beginning to a yep. long time to come of prosperous living in the universe. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I just want to thank Eva for coming on the show today. This has been a, an episode in the making since December of last year. I held off doing it because I wanted to make sure it was done during a time frame that would fit our calendars and also fit Eva's schedule and where she was at. And look, the ripple effect's real, guys. There's nothing here that we've talked about during this interview today that didn't happen. It all happened. It happened exactly the way we said it happened between meeting Eva directly and then having successful jocks provide the charitable donations and the incredible that we went to in December to everything else we talked about. And if anyone in this audience would like to reach out to Eva, I'm going to have her information in the show notes. I'm also going to have the link to their GoFundMe that they've raised uh, funds for their situation. I just, it's an honor for me to have this episode with Eva. It's an honor for me to share the miracles that we described. No miracle is too small. No deed is too mundane to be appreciated. Every act of kindness should be celebrated. Every person that goes out of their way for someone else should be commended. And when it comes to this situation with Eva, I'm looking forward to working with her going forward. I'm looking forward to the foundation. And I really want the audience to check out this information, check out Successful Jocks, check out Eva's contact info, reach out to her. She is one of the most receptive people you ever meet. And just keep an open mind, guys. A lot of us get stuck in our routines. We think, oh, we're in our 20s, we'll live forever. Or, oh, we're in our 40s, we're stuck in the mundane things of life. And what I want you to do is detach from that and think about the special gifts we have every day we're alive, every day we're breathing. I learned that from cancer several years ago. Every day is a miracle. Never take anything for granted. Obviously, Eva and her family have not done that. And I just want to call on anyone in the audience that would like to support Eva, to do support successful jocks. These are great people, amazing causes. And out of this tragedy comes rebirth, renewal, and light. And that's what I wanted to shed an understanding on today. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode, for supporting the show. And stay positive, because when you're positive, anything's possible. The next time you see a butterfly, think of Eva, Nicole. Sophia, this episode, and out of the kindness of your own heart, do something, pay it forward, donate, do what you can to make a difference. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. 
Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my podcast, The Lawrence Ross Show. Egomaniac. It's a two-hour weekly exploration into my mind. I also do sketches, celebrity impersonations. You're out of order! And I also do song parodies. Not too shabby for a blind guy. Not only are you visually impaired, but you are geographically impaired. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out on your favorite podcasting platform, or listen to it here on Society 13 on Electrocast. Electric acid.